Baker Mayfield won't be heading to Seattle. What does that mean for the Seahawks quarterback situation heading into the 2022 season? Me and a special guest host will be breaking the situation down on our latest installment of Locked on Seahawks. You are locked on Seahawks. Your daily Seattle Seahawks podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. What's happening, 12? This is Corbin Smith, your host for Locked On Seahawks. I've got a special guest host. It's been about a year since the last time I had my mom, Trina Chapman Smith, come on the show. She's a Dolphins fan. Don't hold that against her, but she does watch a ton of football. And so she knows all the quarterbacks in the league, most of the running backs, defensive yeah. players that I want to start to reach yeah, a little. No, but anyway, <laughs> we're going to be doing what we did a year ago on this show when we looked at all the quarterbacks that are on the Seahawks' upcoming schedule. We're going to be ranking them and kind of throwing a little bit of a curveball into this year's festivities. We're going to be putting Seattle's expected quarterbacks into the mix. Where do they compare against the rest of the quarterbacks that are on the Seahawks schedule? But before we get to that, for our lead story here on Locked on Seahawks, speaking of quarterbacks, Baker Mayfield, previously with the Cleveland Browns, my mother being from Indiana, pays Mm -hmm. closer attention Mm -hmm. to the Browns than what many Mm -hmm. people do. And Baker Mayfield had a solid but not great first four seasons in the NFL, former number one overall pick for the Browns. Had a pretty disappointing year last year, was really good in 2020, led Cleveland to the playoffs. There's been a lot of speculation that he was going to end up with the Seattle Seahawks. It turns out that will not be the case. All of that speculation can officially shut up because he is going to the Carolina Panthers in exchange for a conditional fifth round pick. And they're going to be paying around $5 million of his $18.5 million. So Cleveland is going to be eating most of that money. That's what everybody expected Seattle was going to have to do to make right. this trade happen. And apparently the Seahawks were not interested in even doing that. Based on what I was told, they certainly did not want to give up a fifth-round pick. Ultimately, that makes it look like he really was not a quarterback of great interest for them. And I'm I'm shocked because I I guess we'll talk about this a lot more later, but I don't think Drew Locke and Geno Smith, either one of them, are probably better than Baker Mayfield. And it seems like Charlotte got him on the cheap. In my opinion, I don't know what you feel, but I, th- I think it's a fair traffic and picking up some salary. I don't know what's five million dollars to the NFL. Well, the Seahawks also have a lot more that, cap space than that, so they're yeah. around 16 and a half, 17 million in cap yeah. space the last time I looked. So the Seahawks decided not to make this move. There's been a lot of different reports out there. Jacina Anderson, previously of ESPN, now CBS Sports was saying that the Seahawks had great interest in Mayfield. Ian Rappaport from NFL Network a couple of days ago said there really wasn't mm-hmm. that much interest in him. Mm-hmm. And so it looks like that ultimately was the case. And maybe Seattle had a lot of interest, but they weren't willing to pay what Carolina had was. Had Charlotte been in the mix? I mean, had Charlotte been a consideration? Yeah. The, the Panthers, Panthers were the, in the on Panthers, the, the Panthers were in on this. They were mm-hmm. the other team that needed a quarterback, with Sam their, Darnold. With their stud muffin. Yeah, Sam. Sam Darnold and Matt Corral, <laughs> who they drafted in the third round. So that's the difference. <laughs> they did draft a quarterback, yeah. which the Seattle Seahawks surprisingly did not. There was a lot of whispering mm-hmm. about Malik Willis. Sam Howell coming out of North Carolina was still available going to the fifth round. Seattle did not pick him. He ended up with the Commanders. He's going to back mm-hmm. up Carson Wentz. But – Now the big question is, did the Seahawks make the right move here? And 
I've kind of voiced my opinion on this maybe nine or ten episodes so far of Locked on Seahawks. This has been a huge talking point, especially in the post-Russell Wilson era, kickstarting that here in 2022. I would agree with you. I think Mayfield is the better quarterback compared to mm-hmm. Geno Smith and Drew Locke. Mm-hmm. I don't know how much he would have elevated the ceiling of this football team, though. Maybe they end up being an eight or nine win team. Maybe he adds two wins to the equation. I think he is better than those two. But I'm not going to reach and say that he's suddenly going to come in and and be the second coming of Drew Brees and turn the the Seahawks into the New Orleans Saints and get into the Super Bowl within a couple of years. He would have had a new system to learn in a very short period Mm -hmm. of time. You know, his leadership to me has been fairly unquestioned most of the time, but his decision-making, I guess we'll see what Locke or Smith can do. My opinion is there's a lot of similarities between Locke and Mayfield in that sense. They both kind of have a gunslinger mentality, but Mm -hmm. Mayfield has actually been a productive starter of the NFL. Drew Locke, Mm -hmm. aside from going four and one his rookie year has not been, and didn't even beat out Teddy Bridgewater last year. The Seahawks seem excited about him. They seem excited about Geno Smith as well, but If Baker Mayfield goes to Carolina and lights it up, the Panthers have a lot of talent. They also Mm -hmm. have a couple Mm -hmm. really good receivers. If Mayfield goes to Carolina and lights it up and Seattle goes into the season with either Locke or Smith as a quarterback and neither one of them gets the job done and they end up having a top three, Mm -hmm. top four pick, you know, you look at it two ways. The fans might be excited from one perspective because the quarterback class coming in next year is really good, or at least at this point, looks like it's going to be good. C.J. Stroud from Ohio State being one of those guys. Bryce Young from Alabama. Mm-hmm. Will Levis from Kentucky. There's some really good quarterbacks in this class. Versus this year, I think most people agree this was a down year for new for only one QBs entering the league. Only one quarterback picked in the first three rounds. Yeah, and the Seahawks did not pick a quarterback. So they clearly did not view this as a class where they could find their next franchise guy. Maybe they still think Drew Locke can be that player. He's only 25 years old. We're going to have more time to talk about where Drew Locke and Geno Smith fit into this quarterback hierarchy in the NFL, at least looking at the Seahawks schedule here momentarily. But there's no question that if Mayfield goes to Carolina and does well and Seattle's quarterbacks struggle, that there's going to be a lot of people that are looking back in hindsight and wondering why didn't the Seahawks make this move when all they had to give up was a conditional fifth and maybe pay – 30% of his salary for 2022. He's only 27 years old. If he goes to Carolina and struggles or he loses the job to Sam Darnold, there are some people speculating that he has not won this job just by being acquired by the Panthers. So maybe Sam Darnold is their starter. But either way, uh, this is going to be a storyline that's going to be monitored a lot. I think a bigger storyline is what are the Browns going to do? It's it's unreal to me that – with all the uncertainty and speculation with Deshaun Watson situation and what you said, they have Jacoby Brissett who just left my team and he was underwhelming last year. That's a nice way to put it. <laughs> he has lost what t- ability and skills set I think he had. So are the Browns going to, if Watson is unavailable all year, is this the guy Cleveland? Come on. I mean, I know this isn't a Brown show, but. Well, that's the so bigger question. This will be my mind. finishing note before we go into <laughs> our quarterback hierarchy here. We look at the Seahawks schedule. I am grateful that the Seattle Seahawks did not pull the trigger and that Deshaun Watson did not want to play in Seattle, given where things stand right now. They certainly had interest. Yes. I think there were a number of teams that were because Deshaun Watson is a very talented quarterback. Right. He's a top five caliber quarterback when he's got his head on straight, but it doesn't look like. He may play this year. So Cleveland's rolling the Mm -hmm. dice here now. They truly are by moving on from Baker Mayfield. 
He's heading the Panthers, not the Seahawks, which means it's Geno Smith or Drew Locke season for the Seattle's and maybe Jimmy Garoppolo season too. We'll talk about that as well yeah. coming up soon. Uh, my mother and I are going to be looking I might at... be their next quarterback. I'm just kidding. <laughs> <You> might... <laughs> the Seahawks and all the other quarterbacks they're going to be facing. We're going to be it's... ranking the 15 quarterback groups heading into this 2022 season. Seattle, as well as the 14 opponents that they will be facing this season. We're going to be breaking that down here in a moment. From the people who invented healthy and tasty comes the latest gift to your taste buds. You've probably tried the amazing Coconut Brownie Chunk Built Bar, but guess what? Your friends at Built have given Coconut Brownie Chunk the Puffs treatment. That's right, the Coconut Brownie Chunk Built Bar, flavor you love in a deliciously chewy marshmallow covered in 100% real chocolate. It's like a fluffy cloud of coconut brownie goodness. But stop drooling and listen. They are also good for you. Low calorie, low sugar, high protein, and all delicious. Coconut brownie chunk puffs are only here for a limited time. Go to Built.com now to make sure you don't miss out. They're going fast because they taste amazing. All Built Bars are made with collagen protein, which your body absorbs more efficiently and provides tons of health benefits. Eat something that tastes good and is good for you. Delicious coconut, rich, sweet brownie, creamy marshmallow. Stop fantasizing. Get to Built.com to order your box of coconut brownie chunk Built Puffs right now. Go to Built.com, use the promo code LOCK15, and get 15% off your order. Again, that's LOCK15 at Built.com to get 50% off your next order. Welcome back to the Locked On Seahawks podcast. I'm your host, Corbin Smith. Joining me for this special edition Thursday episode, my mother in crime, Teresa oh. Tavis Smith. And Rob Rang is my co-host in crime. My mother in crime is joining the show today. I've never been called that before. That's awesome. So anyway, yeah. we're going to be diving into the quarterbacks. As always, we greatly appreciate you making Locked On Seahawks your first listen five days a week. Seattle's going to be playing against their obvious NFC West foes. They're going to be facing the AFC West. They've got one game against the New York Jets with that 17th extra game. They're playing the entire NFC South. they got a few other games scattered in there. 14 different opponents. We started this tradition a year ago. I think we're going to keep it. Uh, here at the Lake House in Missouri, we are going to be going through all of the quarterbacks the Seahawks are going to be facing this year. And this year we're throwing a wrinkle in because the Seahawks are going to have a new quarterback. We're including them in our rankings as well. We're going to be looking at all 15 quarterback groups. Without further ado, let's start at the tail end here. And some of you may be thinking, oh, goodness, we're starting right with the Seahawks. But I am not starting with the Seahawks at number 15 with Drew Locke and Geno Smith. I'm going with maybe one of the bigger wild cards in terms of uncertainty. The Atlanta Falcons, Marcus Mariota, who played at the University of Oregon, a lot of Pacific Northwest ties, very athletic quarterback, but he hasn't started for a couple of years, struggled during his time with the Tennessee Titans. I think that him or Desmond Ritter, the third round pick out of Cincinnati, maybe Ritter ends up winning that job. He's impressed them during their offseason program, mm-hmm. but he's a rookie, a third round pick, not a great quarterback class, at least from the outside looking in. I look at this group, especially with the receivers mm-hmm. that they're going to be throwing to. Yeah. No Julio Jones. They've gotten rid of a couple yeah. other receivers. They just don't have much skill yes, talent around them, aside from Kyle Pitts, who I think is a dynamic playmaker. But otherwise, they don't have a lot of weapons. But they're going to double team or put use schemes to make him unavailable. Yeah, probably. Exactly. I so just, I just, I have them dead last, and this wasn't difficult for me. To me, they and, are the tail. And I that. have them also at fifteen. And you know, didn't I thought Mariota played admirably last year when he came in for the Raiders? Yeah, for the Raiders, I, I. I think he's a guy you can count on. I've seen Ritter play a little. You watch a lot more college football than I do, but 
Yeah, but I still think they're the bottom feeders because of the lack of marquee players around them. Yeah, Atlanta truly is. I think they are one of the contenders for the number one overall pick. So I've got them at the tail end there. If Ritter ends up being good, then Mm -hmm. that changes things. We could revisit this in the middle of the season. Atlanta might be much higher on this list. But uh, certainly that is a team with the lack of talent there, the state that they are in rebuilding. It seems like that is an underwhelming quarterback group. And number 14, I'm still not quite getting to our Seahawks quarterbacks here. Going to go with a quarterback that has a chance maybe to blow up in his fourth season because of his new head coach. Brian Dable is now with the New York Giants. Mm-hmm. Daniel Jones has had flashes. I remember watching the game against Tom Brady a few years ago, but he was pitting uh, you know, strike for mm-hmm. strike with him until yeah. the fourth quarter, yeah. and then the turnovers returned. And that has been the big issue. He's had poor coaching. There's been inconsistency with the weapons around him. Mm-hmm. There's a lot of ifs with Daniel Jones, but he's still a young player. And if Brian Dable, the quarterback whisperer, ends up coming in and doing what he did with Josh Allen, Mm -hmm. maybe Daniel Jones with a better supporting cast around him will end up breaking through in year four. I'm not sold, though. That's why I've got him at number 14. And I I admit, he's a player I've seen play very little. I think he's cerebral. I I, I think that's his biggest gift. But I... I don't think there's enough there. I haven't been 14 also. So, so far we're same with that, but yeah, next but up on my list. Yeah. He could yeah, blow he could. up. I, I like Brian Dable, but I don't, I don't expect that. <laughs> now next on my list, I think this is where you and I maybe start to divert a little bit here. Number 13, I think it's time to bust out the Seahawks here because it's not an ideal situation from the outside. Looking in, you have two veteran quarterbacks in Geno Smith and Drew Locke who are failed former starters as second-round picks. Smith with the Jets, much longer ago than Drew Locke, who just lost the starting job last year to Teddy Bridgewater. And they've both shown flashes. Geno Smith played well at times for the New York Jets on a really bad team with poor coaching. And Drew Locke went 4-1 and as a rookie, as a starter. And there were moments his second year they played well. But you had too many moments where poor decisions were made. Mm -hmm. And he tried to throw the ball to double and triple coverage. Poor decision-making. Until that gets yeah. fixed, it's hard to buy into that. And you, so, again, just like the Falcons, this is kind of a wild card. If one of those guys really blows up in Shane Waldron's offense and doesn't turn the ball over, is able to facilitate the offense with the weapons that they have, much better weapons than the Atlanta Falcons do, then right. maybe we revisit this list. Seattle will be up a few slots. But right now, I think this is the fair spot to put them because uh, it's not a good quarterback situation. And your understanding of their dynamic together you know, how well they're going to get along or, 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 or these guys that if one clearly yeah. outplays the other, the other guy's going to be supportive or is Seattle going to have some discord in their ranks because these two are, there's no real leader in the huddle. So that would be, well, that's, that's what's interesting about this. And since this is the Seahawks yeah. podcast, we'll talk a little bit more about the Seahawks because that to me is where Geno Smith right now has the advantage. He knows the offense, and he also has locker room backing. Not that Drew Locke doesn't. If you saw the U.S. Open tweet the other day where they were basically bashing that Seahawks fan saying, you know, you got a lot of gumption to talk up about, mm. you know, watching 17 games of Drew Locke play quarterback, and Drew Locke took this <laughs> in stride. Uh, but DK Metcalf yeah. has come to his defense on social media, and certainly the Seahawks have his backing. But I think Geno Smith in the locker room right now has the edge because he's been in that locker room. He played well in limited action last year. So we'll see what happens right now. I'm still leaning towards Geno Smith, but this truly is a 50, 50 quarterback battle going into training camp later this month. Next on our list, going to number 12. I think you and I have slightly different answers on this one. I'm staying in the NFC West with another player 
that has a lot of upside, but he's only played a handful of snaps. And he, he was shaky last year coming out of North Dakota State. That's Trey Lance. I expect that he's going to be the starter, not Jimmy Garoppolo. They're going to give it to him as the number three pick. He mm-hmm. needs to play. So I anticipate with his athleticism, his arm strength, that we're going to potentially see a big leap from him this year. But he could also really struggle in his first year as a starter. So I've got him at number 12 on my list based on what I think is potential. He could be much higher in this list this time next year. He could be lower, too, if he really struggles. Yeah. I, 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 he seemed very exciting as a college player. Yes. But isn't he the guy that didn't play at all in the COVID season? Yeah. North Dakota State didn't have a schedule. So it's very hard to predict, I feel. Where and I have I have them at 11, though, whichever one, because I actually had Smith and Locke, at that two-headed monster at 12. 13, I had the what I call the trifecta in down in New Orleans. And Corbin doesn't. He's in a different, different. You're definitely in a different realm with this one. But if, if is it Jameis Winston? Is it the old vet Andy Dalton? Is it Taysom Hill with his unusual skill set? Is there new coach? And I admit I don't remember who that is. Dennis Allen. Dennis Allen. Is he going to flip these guys around like he's playing cards yeah. and rotate them in different settings? Is it going to be that old saying? If you don't have one quarterback, you don't have any. I, I just don't know. I'm not, I'm not sold that this trio is any better than 13th in this group. Yeah. So, I, I will get to the saints at some point. I have a little different. He's viewpoint. higher on it than yeah. I am. For sure. I'll have different viewpoint on that one, but certainly I can understand Winston coming off torn ACL. And exactly. Hill hasn't proven he can be an NFL. And Jameis has never really completely to me shown. I've got this team. And I and they trust me. And, and Andy Dalton look, hasn't been great for a couple. Hasn't been good. No, and I think Andy Dalton has the huddle. I think he gets the locker room. But the He's respect, but the talent level is not the same. Yeah, that yeah. that's certainly an interesting one. Uh, yeah. We'll get to the Saints here in a moment. But again, I've got at number twelve the 49ers. You've got the Seahawks quarterbacks there, and at number eleven. I'm going with a Wilson, but it's not the one that played for the Seattle Seahawks. That would be way too low for Russell Wilson. But Zach Wilson for the New York Jets. And I will put this caveat with this. I think Zach Wilson could be much higher on this list mm-hmm. because the New York Jets have done a great job putting supporting talent around him. And I think that last year he didn't play to his talent level. This is a really talented player. I love what I saw mm-hmm. from him in BYU. He plays with Moxie. He could fall yeah. flat his face, but I think the Jets are going in the right direction. And I think with that, the quarterback, the young QB, is going to follow suit. But based on the other quarterbacks in this list and what we've seen from him so far, I think number 11 is a pretty safe spot for him right now. But with his upside, could be much higher. And I have him at nine just because I, I see the upside. I mean, I'm a Dolphins fan. They play the Jets twice every year. Yeah. I've seen this guy a little bit more. And you're right. There are flashes of brilliance there. Which guy is he going to be? He's going to be good enough because he's got a great sporting cast. But he also is in a tough division. Yeah. So we'll see how that plays out. Now, number 10 on my list, I'm going to go with somebody Seahawks fans know really well. And there might be some of you listening thinking, man, you haven't ranked that high. But Jared Goff is one of those enigmas of the quarterback position that I don't think he's elite. I don't even think he's great. But... He's not terrible. The Detroit Lions last year, in my opinion, were one of the more competitive teams in the second half of the year. Seattle blew them out late in the season, but Goff did not play in that game. And he has always played well against the Seahawks. So I'm also considering that here. 
I had him at 10 also. Yeah, I, I, I think feel the same way. I think you put a good team around him. We saw it in L.A. Mm-hmm. He can win. He led them to a Super Bowl. I think Detroit is an ascending team as well. I really like Campbell as their head coach. I think they're good putting good pieces yeah. around him. He's got a really good receiver. They have an intense fan base that has supported them even through some terrible times. So, so I yeah, get go yeah, and he could I be think the guy he's I think he's there. a better quarterback than most people give him credit for, but I'm also not going to say, oh, he's top 10. He's certainly not. But I think number 10 is a good spot for him. I think we've seen what he is and what he isn't. You can win with Jared Goff. I would expect they're going to be looking other directions at quarterback at some point. But for now, they have a good young roster. Well, wasn't he the one who was right neck and neck in the draft with Josh Rosen? And where's Josh Rosen now? Well, Goff was a few years earlier. But, you know, you could look at them and see some similarities in skill set. But Goff ended up making things work. Exactly. Yeah. Rosen has been an absolute disaster. In the end. Yeah. And you would know he played for the Dolphins. Right? Yeah. Uh, yes, so. exactly. All right. <laughs> Number nine here on the list. This is where you and I, I think this is our biggest discrepancy. You've already listed the New Orleans Saints. I have them at number nine because I have more faith in Jameis Winston than what you do. Jameis Winston, unlike most of the other players that we've already talked about here, actually, I don't think there's another guy on this list that has been a pro bowler. Jameis Winston has been. And even though I don't Mm -hmm. think he's ever played as well Mm -hmm. as people thought he would as the number one overall pick coming out of Florida State, I think he's still a very solid player. The Saints were on the verge of winning that division before he tore his ACL last year. And even with Dennis Allen as the coach, no Mm -hmm. Sean Payton, I still think Jameis Winston has enough weapons there. They added Olave, the receiver, out of Ohio State for him to throw to. So I don't think this is a competition. I Um, think Jameis Winston is the guy, and I like him there at spot number nine. But you're right. They're an A-list franchise. If he gets it together – you they're could dangerous. be right. They, they, they're always dangerous, I think. Yeah. And then you had at number nine. I had Zach Wilson. Zach Wilson, okay. We already talked so, about him. Wrapping up the first half of our list here now at number eight. This was actually earlier today at this spot. I had Winston at number eight. And then the Carolina mm-hmm. Panthers decided to trade for Baker Mayfield, as we mentioned earlier in the show. And I have Baker at eight also. Yeah, I think yeah. Mayfield, this is the yeah. perfect spot for him. He's not elite. Not necessarily great, but if he plays like he did two years ago, then I think he certainly could be in this discussion. And I think this could be a guy that has a ring on his finger someday. I really, I really, I've always liked him. I think he has a lot to prove, but but I he's think gonna have a, but he has some talent to to prove it. He's gonna have to a bigger it, chip on his shoulder than what he has had anywhere else at yeah, any probably. point. And he's already yeah. had a huge chip on his shoulder. It was a walk-on at Texas Tech, then goes to Oklahoma, wins the Heisman. So I, I like Baker Mayfield. I, I'm not going to say that I'm a huge fan of him. He wasn't my favorite quarterback in that class. In fact, Lamar Jackson was my favorite in that draft class. And I liked Josh Allen, but I was concerned about him coming from Wyoming and the accuracy. But I saw the physical tools. He has been way better than and I And I remember we disagree. I liked Allen a lot. I, I, I just I thought Wyoming, Wyoming, this guy's going to be great. Yeah. And I, Lamar Jackson, I thought, yeah, come on. There have been so many Lamar Jackson. So we both ended up being right. flamed out, but we both, <laughs> yeah, we were, we were, yeah, exactly. And I think both of us yeah. felt the same way in yeah. Baker Mayfield. I didn't necessarily think he was number one overall pick material. Yeah. But nonetheless, I like him in Carolina. He's got DJ Moore to throw to. Christian McCaffrey, if he's healthy, is a dangerous receiving running back. So you don't think McCaffrey's going anywhere? I don't. No, okay. I don't. Okay. I think Carolina is going to yeah. get, I mean, Matt Rule's on the hot seat. They're going to be trying to keep as many of their star players mm-hmm. as they can. So I think Mayfield is the starter there, not Sam Darnold. I got him at number eight. All right, getting to our next half of the list here. This is considered the upper half. 
I'm going to start with our other NFC West rival here coming in at number seven, Arizona Cardinals, Kyler Murray. When Murray is at his best, he's top three on this list. He can do things that very few quarterbacks can do. He's a pinball back there. He's got a lot of Russell Wilson talent. The yeah. problem that I have with him, and we've seen a little bit with the contract stuff that's come out, him mm. deleting social media stuff, which is now the new yeah. thing to do. But you saw the playoff game against the Rams. I just, I question his leadership skills. Yeah, decision-making has to get better. But I agree, he's fabulous when he's on. But it's not consistent. There's just yet. no. There doesn't seem to be a mid ground with Kyler. Right. He he is either That's a top true. five quarterback or he is a bottom ten. Yeah, and when yeah. he's playing at his worst, yeah. he is not a good quarterback. There is not a mid ground with him. But you see early on in the season last year that it looked like he could be the MVP. He was playing at that level. So mm-hmm. I've got him there squarely at seven. Me I do. Too. I think that yep. he's a phenomenal talent. The question is, is he going to be able to transcend the coach that they have there? Because I'm not a big fan of Cliff Kingsbury. I think he's an overrated coach. I'm surprised they extended him. But, but my gosh, the weapons he has there. Oh, yeah. He's got Hollywood Brown now. Again. Yeah. And my little sweet guy, Rondell Moore from Purdue, who I think is still going to surprise people. He just has a lot to throw at. Yeah. Hopkins will be back yep. after six yep. games. He's exactly. suspended. But they have tons of weapons. Yeah. So Kyler Murray doesn't have an excuse on that front. No, He's got tons uh-uh. of people to throw to. None Dynamic talent. I think seven's about the right fit for him. I think that he's more talented than the guy that I've got at number six. From the Las Vegas Raiders, Derek Carr. I love the receivers. He's getting back with Devontae Adams. who played with the Fresno State. They put up record numbers. And I think that he is an overlooked quarterback. I, I don't want to say he's elite because I don't think he's in that class. But I would put him top ten potentially. And I think the numbers he put up last year, he's got Darren Waller to go with Devontae Adams. Hunter Renfro is a fantastic mm-hmm. slot receiver. They've got a good running game. They've got a solid offensive line. And I think Carr still has a lot to and, prove. He and, feels like the, he's the underdog. And I, and I think he absolutely lacks no confidence. I think yeah. he is perhaps the most confident guy of all of the players we're talking about today who we haven't gotten to yet. I mean, I think he thinks he can do it all. He thinks he can do what they need him to do. Yep. And he's going to. And to Josh make McDaniels it. is now his. And coach. that's a guy that can help him reach his potential. I think. I don't like him a lot, but I think he's got this. I think he's good marriage. Yeah, I think yeah. Carr. I think Carr is probably the worst quarterback in the AFC West right now by a very slim margin. But that is not an insult <laughs> no, because no. that division is absolutely loaded. And I think this is where you and I disagreed a little bit. Well, because uh, I, I have Russell Wilson. Been. I have Russell Wilson at number five. I have them flipped. I have, uh, yeah, I have them exactly flipped. So we're talking, we're splitting hairs. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, To me, the difference here is Russell Wilson's a little bit better in terms of when he is at his best. I think that his peaks are still a little better than what Derek Carr is going to give you. Well, and he has the, he has, he has a ring. He He also has very good young receivers in Denver too. Yeah. That I, I think he's got a, not maybe as good of a supporting cast, no. but it's a pretty darn good one. Yeah, in Denver, he's got an offensive head coach. Seahawks fans obviously know Russell Wilson really well, so I've got him at number five and Carr at number six. You flip flop with me. Yeah, like I said, yeah, we're 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 splitting we're hairs splitting there. Hairs I think it's a close They're margin. Close. All four of those quarterbacks, the AFC West, are really really good. At number four, I'm going to go with the goat. Tom Brady at number four. And I was torn on this one because how dare you put the GOAT at number four on a list like this. But Tom Brady is getting older. And this does not mean that I think that he's a bad quarterback now. I still think he's a very good quarterback. 
I just don't think he's as good as the three guys in front of him. And two of those guys are younger quarterbacks that still have room to get better. Once we get to these guys on the list, Tom Brady's still going to be a very difficult opponent for the Seahawks, still a very good quarterback, yeah. but no Rob Gronkowski. They've had some changes in the receiving core. So I do have some question marks a little bit with Tampa Bay, but I still think that's going to be. And one let's of the face teams. it. He stepped away from the game completely for a couple months. So is his mind exactly in it yep. like it's been for the last 20-something years? I'm That's where I'm questioning. I have Matthew Stafford at four, right? You have Stafford at three. So I, I have think. Stafford at three, so we flip-flop. But I, I think Matthew Stafford proved everything he had to prove all yeah. that, this last season. Underrated for years and, and a great situation, and look what happened. I think the reason I flip-flop those two, Stafford is not necessarily a young quarterback but he's much younger than Tom Brady. And I look at the weapons. They just went out. Yeah, they mm -hmm. lost Woods, but they didn't have Woods when they won the Super Bowl last year. You're still going to have Cooper Cup, who's arguably the best receiver in the NFL. I had the triple mm -hmm. crown last year. You're playing in Sean McVay's offense, and that was a perfect marriage with those two. You have a and defense that you is You added Allen Robinson, who yeah. I think has never had a good quarterback. You put him with Matthew Stafford, he's going to blow up. They've yeah. got a couple other good receivers. They've got I, yeah. two good tight ends. So I just I think the scheme fit the talent around him. That is why I have him mm -hmm. in front of Tom Brady. And I think you and I, number two and number one, this is scary. The Seahawks are playing the entire AFC West. Mm -hmm. And this just puts in perspective how how good that division is. No doubt. Just looking at the quarterbacks, because Russell Wilson in a lot of divisions would probably be the best quarterback. There are several divisions that he would be the best. I still think if he's in the mm -hmm. NFC West, you know, you could make the argument with him and Matthew Stafford. Yeah. Agreed. I would pick Stafford over, but He's third best, and I don't think it's that close, honestly. I think Justin Herbert, and it's funny because I was not a big fan of him coming out of Oregon. I was. She was. <laughs> and she still rubs in my face. And Miami, you still could and have taken him. My co-host in crime, Rob <laughs> Rang, was also a huge fan of Justin <laughs> Herbert. So both of you, mm -hmm. uh, eat it. Anyway. anyway. Bow to us. Anyway. Uh, Herbert, I, I have grown to really respect his game. He See what he's done his first two years. The Chargers have not gotten in the playoffs, but it hasn't been his fault. This kid has just gone out, and he's made plays with his arm, with his legs. He's got moxie. His teammates love him, and he's just an interesting guy on top of it. So I've got yeah. Justin Herbert at number two on my list. So do I. And yeah. I think that there's a really good chance yeah. that he has – an all-pro caliber season for the Chargers. They've got tons of weapons around him. They MVP candidate for sure, I, th I think. But the MVP favorite is at number one. And that's the problem for him in this, <laughs> in this ranking. Well, Josh Allen for the Bills would maybe be my MVP favorite, but the co-MVP favorite, it's got to be Patrick Mahomes. And we're sitting here in Kansas City Chief Cup country right now yeah yeah, yeah. So he is the man his yeah. ability to make throws off platform mm -hmm. downfield and i know tyreek hill's no longer there but he feels like one of those quarterbacks where you could go out and get a michelin man and put him at receiver he just figures it out and he'll be an all pro <laughs> yeah. yeah and andy reed's your offensive coordinator mm -hmm. i know that he's the head coach but he's still the coordinator he's running his yeah, and andy reed entrusts him to do whatever patrick mahomes does which is yeah. things that no one else can do. Now, I still hold it yeah. against him. He puts ketchup on his steak, but that's not going to stop him from being number you know, one on our list here. That, because... that seems like a sin in this part of the country. <laughs> I, but we're not talking barbecue here. So, Anyway, <laughs> Mahomes, big-time talent. I still, I think Josh Allen now has made this a very interesting case. Who's the best young quarterback in the NFL? Maybe you can throw Herbert in there. But Mahomes has a ring already. He's gotten to two Super Bowls, nearly got to another one last year. And I think they're going to put other receivers around him. He's going to be just fine. He's a transcendent quarterback. 
that really fits today's modern NFL. That is going to be a rough game before Christmas in Kansas City. Yeah. Playing at Arrowhead for the Seahawks. To me, Holiday Herbert's, a treat. Yeah, Herbert's a great player and ascending talent that maybe would be number one on this list in a different year. But right now, this is Patrick Mahomes' time. And to me, mm. he's the best quarterback of this group. He's might be the best player in the NFL, period. So, yeah, so he has it's to hard be. to not give him the give him the crown in this list. So really what this paints a picture for is that the Seahawks their quarterback situation is not ideal, but it doesn't take a rocket scientist no, to go there. But, no. we, but we looked at this, we looked at this over and we thought half of these quarterbacks are, are excellent and half of them are questionable. So yep. that if you're, if you're thinking the QB carries the day for a lot of teams, Seattle, Seattle could, be in, good could shape. be in good shape. Yeah. They've got a lot of opponents that have some quarterback questions. And certainly that made this ranking an interesting one to look at, but nonetheless, Who's under center for Seattle, at least at this point? Maybe Drew Locke finds it with Shane Waldron, and maybe mm -hmm. he clicks. He's got physical tools. Or maybe Geno mm -hmm. Smith is one of those late guys, late bloomers, that is in the right offense for him with good weapons. He and DK Metcalf really hit it off last year. Maybe he ends up being the guy, and Seattle wins a lot more games than anticipated. Mm -hmm. So that's what makes all of this preseason stuff so much fun is – yeah, we think we know what's going to happen, but, but there's, we're clueless. There's always there's <laughs> no. always a no. lot of real big surprises in the NFL, and there's teams that out they exceed expectations. There's teams that don't touch expectations. Twelves mm -hmm. are hoping the Seahawks are going to be one of those teams that everybody's overlooking post Russell Wilson era, and doesn't matter who's under center, they're going to find ways to be competitive and win more games than expected. We'll see what happens. As always, 12s, greatly appreciate you listening to Locked on Seahawks five days a week. You can follow me on Twitter at Corbett Smith NFL. You will not be following this doctor on Twitter, a Twitterless Trina. Yeah. Uh, you will be following her. But anyway, we will have her back on at some point. Uh, maybe we'll have some medical updates during the season from the doctor yeah. as well. I uh, greatly appreciate her yeah. jumping yeah. on. Coming up on tomorrow's Blue Friday episode, I'm going to be answering your questions in our listener mailbag segment, and I'm going to be playing a game with Nick Lee. We're really looking forward to it as we get closer to training camp. We're going to be making some predictions on what some of Seattle's players are going to accomplish in 2022. Really looking forward to it. Enjoy the rest of your Thursday. Thanks for listening. Go Hawks.